This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You beat a team like that, um, you know, it's, it's kind of like that should be the finals. <laughs> it's great theater uh, for the fans and, um, and everybody out there. Well, for us, it's great competition. I wouldn't have it no other way, personally. I mean... It's really the only team I'm accustomed to playing in the playoffs. So, <laughs> every single year, no matter where I go, uh, I find a way to play ball. Well, LeBron James will get the opportunity to play Boston beginning tonight in Miami. Now, you think that's where Chris Mannix from Sports Illustrated and SI.com would be headed as he's at the airport this morning. But no, Chris Mannix joining us on the AT&T hotline is headed for Los Angeles. Good morning, Chris. What's going on, guys? How you doing? I'm doing all right. It's a pretty busy time of year, as you might imagine. I know that, but why L.A.? Uh, I got a couple of assignments I'm working on. Number one, I'm, I'm doing something with Manny Pacquiao for the next couple of days, and then I'm going to pick up the uh, the Western Conference uh, finals uh, once they shift back to Oklahoma City. Tell me now, as a uh, as a neutral observer of the series, how good a chance do you give the Celtics of beating the Miami Heat in the Eastern Conference finals? You know, I, I give them... I don't want to say very little because, you know, this team has shown so much heart over this year. But, you know, at some point, the age and the injuries in particular have to catch up to them. And I think this is the series. And, and guys, I was at the uh, majority of the games in the Indiana-Miami series. And I saw from the second half of game four on a completely different Miami team. Now, I don't know if it's just as simple as Dwayne Wade locking in and, and, you know, getting more comfortable or an adjustment Eric Spolster made with, uh, with the way they, they ran their offense because they seem to get more opportunities for both Wade and LeBron. But this Miami team is from the halftime of game four on has been playing on a different level. And I'll tell you, you know, the, the loss of Avery Bradley in this series in particular is just absolutely brutal because Bradley had some very good games defending Dwayne Wade uh, during the regular season. And without him, you're counting on a hobbled Ray Allen or a hobbled Paul Pierce to chase Bradley around, and you really don't have anyone off that bench that, that can uh, to chase Wade or LeBron around, and you really don't have anyone off that bench that can fill the job as well as Bradley could. I, I just I think that's a killer, and I think it's going to be really tough for Boston uh, to win a game in Miami uh, and to really even get into this series. If you make the case, though, Chris, if you have to for the Celtics, isn't it this a – Rondo goes nuts, the Heat have no answer. B, Garnett goes crazy, the Heat have no answer. I mean, aren't those the two guys that have to be right for the Celtics to have any chance at all here? Oh, you're 100% right. And, um, you know, both, both those, it can't be just one of right. the two. It has to be both every single time. And I think Rondo, you know, has to be having sort of a triple-double type performance every single night. You know what? Against this team, he's capable of it because Mario Chalmers has his moments offensively. Uh, he can get hot with the jump shot. But defensively, he's a bit of a liability. And whenever you see LeBron or Wade barking at him. It's usually because of a defensive lapse that he had uh, on that end of the floor. Uh, you know, I saw him repeatedly get burned by George Hill uh, and Darren Collison in that Indiana series, and Rondo obviously is a better player than both those guys. He has to just dominate the series from the offensive side of the ball to keep Boston in it because it's going to be so tough to contain LeBron and Wade 
on the offensive end. And KG is the same way. I mean, you know, Miami's front court, you know, without Chris Bosh, and I, I don't expect Chris Bosh to play at all in this series. Everything I hear about this injury is that we could be talking months instead of weeks. Uh, that's how severe uh, it could be. Um, so, so if you're talking about KG against either Haslam, who's a decent player, Joel Anthony is a decent player, but these are the guys that even at 36, Kevin Garnett should be overwhelming. So both, honestly, you have to have all-star level performances from both those guys every single game to give Boston a chance. Talking to Chris Maddox from Sports Illustrated and SI.com, uh, through four games of the Philadelphia-Indiana series, uh, excuse me, the Miami-Indiana series, I actually said if the Celtics beat the Sixers, I'd rather play Miami than Indiana. And then all of a sudden I saw this different team, as you said, this completely different team. How much was the Eric Spolstra, Dwayne Wade little set to involved in all of this? You know, it was it was a factor in the game three. And i got to be honest with you, I didn't read too much into it because if you had been talking about Spolstra and LeBron, I would have been fascinated by that storyline. I would have looked into that and thought that was might have been something – you know, that could have impacted this team. But Spolster and Wade have such a long history. Remember, in 2003 and when Wade was a young, you know, developing player, it was Eric Spolstra that was in the gym with him early in the morning after practices, working with him on his jump shot. They have cultivated a relationship over the last seven or eight years that makes any kind of minor tiff on a bench something that they can get over. To me, it was a simple as Dwayne Wade finding his rhythm. And he didn't have it in game three at all, had five points in that game. You know, it was three for ten in the first half of, of game four. And I give LeBron a lot of credit in this situation because he found ways in the second half of game four to get Wade some early looks. Now, Wade made some unbelievable shots in that second half, but I think what got him going early on were some of the easy looks, the dunks, the putbacks, the, the layups that were just open around the rim. He just found ways... To, to get his thumbs up going. Once he did, even though that offense is a little bit one-dimensional with those two guys and, and really no pick-and-pop alternative with Bosch on the lineup, you know, when they get it going, they're almost impossible to stop. What makes, I think, you know, Chris, when you look at the, at the Miami team, what makes them so fascinating, though, from a perspective of a Celtics fan, this is now the fourth time the Celtics are going to play LeBron here in the postseason. And so often when you see, we are talking about earlier, so often in this city when you play against guys like Rivera, and Jeter in the postseason, and guys like Peyton Manning. It goes from, you know, dislike, hate, to begrudging respect. That hasn't really happened yet with Celtics fans to LeBron James. I think a lot of people would get the calls here, the text. They still think the Celtics are in LeBron's head, even after last year. How much of it, how important is it for James here to get past the Celtics? I mean, does that still exist for him, or was that wiped out after last year? He's just thinking championship and championship only. No, I think it is important for him because you're right. I think Boston does have – you know, I don't want to know. I don't know if something in their head, but certainly there's a mental aspect to all this. That there's a team that you know seems year after year he can't necessarily seem to get past. Now he did get past them. He last did beat year, them last year, yeah. But that was, but that, but I, I attribute that more to the injury to Rondo. I mean, I, yeah. I feel like if Rondo was healthy, then you know that's an entirely different series. Now you've got a Boston team that, even though they're not at full strength, you're going to have Rondo and Ray Allen and Paul Pierce and Kevin Garnett out there. So I think from a mental point of view. It'll be important for LeBron, but more importantly for LeBron this year is winning a championship. I mean, he just has to. I mean, even with the injury to Bosch, if they don't win this year, he is going to be absolutely scorched, and maybe justifiably so uh, in the media, in the public, whatever. I mean, he's just 
you know, he, he's reaching a point in his career where individual accolades literally mean nothing to him. I mean, you know, I voted for him for MVP. I thought he was the best player in basketball. But, you know, his, for his legacy and his worth uh, in the long-term, long-lens view of this game, he has to win championships. And he's got the talent around him, you know, even with Bosch out, to at the very least get to the finals and, and possibly win. I, I just think he has to... He has to have that long-term focus where he just thinks he has to win a championship in order to cement his status in this game. Well, I don't think – I can't remember, Chris, an athlete ever going into any postseason, individual postseason, with as much pressure on him as James this year to win the championship. Yeah, and he put it on himself. I mean, he did, he, oh, no in doubt. Our sports, in our Sports Illustrated article like about a month ago, he said he's putting all this, all of it, all this season into winning a championship, and, and nobody should ever feel any sympathy for him because he's the one that sat there on that stage and said mm-hmm. he's going to win seven. Mm-hmm. So, I, you know, it's his – he put this on himself, and, and if he doesn't deliver, it's ultimately always going to fall on him. But, you know, it, it's the same case for, for every superstar around the league. When Kobe doesn't win, it's on him. You know, when, when Michael Jordan didn't win, and that was a rare circumstance, but when he didn't win, it was generally on him. You know, LeBron, it, you know, we can call this Dwayne Wade's team all we want, but clearly LeBron, LeBron is the key player on that team. And if they don't win, this is going to be entirely on his shoulders. Yeah, but... Aren't we going to be shocked if he does win this year? I mean, aren't the two best teams in the NBA playing last night in San Antonio and Oklahoma City? Yeah, I, I think they'll. It just matters. It just we have to see how it plays out when we get to the finals. I mean, if if, if San Antonio or Oklahoma City is ultimately beat up, if there's an injury, if whatever happens to get one of those teams to that point where they look a little bit weaker, then I think we make our, our assumption. But you know, if you're talking about Wade, if Wade and LeBron can get through this series in five or, or six games, and if they can have the requisite rest and maybe if you can get Chris Bosh back at the back end of an NBA Finals, I think the expectation still has to be there for Miami to win a championship. I mean, Shane Batty, I thought, said it best to me the other day when he said, you know, nobody is going to let us play the undercard role, you know, the undercard card. Nobody's going to let us, you know, be the, play, say we have our backs against the wall. I think Miami always has to be looked at as if not a favorite on equal footing of anyone they play in the rest of the, for the rest of the postseason simply because they have two of the best five players on the planet. And yet I'm watching the fourth quarter of last night's game, and I'm thinking this is a game that I didn't see once in the first two rounds of the Celtics playoffs. I mean, they're playing on a different level than anything I've watched in the East. Oh, yeah. I mean, those two teams have been absolute juggernauts going through. But, again, a lot of it's about matchups and a lot of it's about style. And I'll say this about one of the ways that Boston can win is that Doc Rivers and his staff are a brilliant defensive staff. I mean, they trace it back to Thibodeau and Lawrence Frank and the staff now. But they, have, they always seem to find a way to get at least a good game plan in place. And if you're Boston, your game plan all along is to sort of funnel LeBron and Wade into double and triple teams and just hope that other guys don't make shots. You know what, that's not a bad strategy either because you know, as good a shooter as Mike Miller is historically, he's been hot and cold this postseason. You've done a them exact same way. Had a great second half of game four, but hasn't really shown up, doesn't really show up at all times in all games. So, you know, Joel Anthony is a non-factor offensively. I mean, this team I saw, Dale, in game three of that Indiana series, rolled Dexter Pittman out there, uh, you know, for the first starter. I mean, they are searching at times for options outside of Wade and LeBron. And I think what Boston has to hope for is that they can follow those two, two, those two players into double teams and make them either take you know, highly contested shots or force them to pass out of it. You know, they have a chance if, if the guys around LeBron and Wade miss shots. They have a chance to get in this series if that's what happens. Problem with that, though, Chris, is, you know, as good as Doc is at that stuff, and I agree, you know, it's just personnel. In the past, they had Tony Allen. They had a healthy right. Pierce. They had a healthy 
uh, Ray Allen. And last year, though, you know, Wade and James did whatever they wanted. This year, I don't see a big difference personnel-wise defensively for the Celtics against those two guys. No, I agree because I think that's where Bradley would have come in. I mean, oh, yeah. Harris Bowles told me before the last game that he thought Avery Bradley was the best on-ball defender in the entire league. And that's lofty praise for a kid that's only been in the league for two years. But losing him, you take away your advantage of being able to play him one-on-one against Wade and adjust to LeBron accordingly. But again, I mean, I just think if, you know, they're going to have to find ways, ways to, even if they are playing a Pierce or Ray Allen or LeBron or Wade, to make them run as double teams, whether it's shooting them to the left or the right, forcing them into a Kevin Garnett type of double team. Whatever you have to do, get the ball out of their hands and make someone else make plays. Look, these are two of the best playmakers in the entire league. You have to make somebody else on that team, whether it's Batty A, Miller, Haslam, whoever, you have to make somebody else on that team step up and beat you. Complete the sentence. The NBA Finals will pit the who against who. You know, I'm sticking with Oklahoma City. Um, I, I thought they played well enough last night to give them a chance. I mean, they choked a little bit at the end because San Antonio is just a masterful execution team, and Banner Ginova just seems to find you know, a crease where there seems to be nuns. But I still think Oklahoma City, uh, if they can find a way to split in San Antonio, they will get home, and I think they can win that series in seven games. Uh, I, I like Miami in the series. I think Boston will show some heart. I think they'll you know, win. Uh, they'll push it to five, maybe six games. But I just think what you were talking about, Kirk, the personnel – it's just totally different this time around. I mean, Boston's going to be playing five, six guys hobbled all over the floor, whereas Miami looks like, you know, even with Wade's uh, knee problems, they look as close to, with those two guys, look pretty close to full strength playing right now. I think they win that series and face off against Oklahoma. Chris, it's always fun to talk hoops with you. Safe travels to L.A., and I hope we get a chance to visit again soon. You got it, guys. Take care. That is uh, Chris Mannix from Sports Illustrated and SI.com. Uh, not only is he the NBA reporter for Sports Illustrated, but also covers boxing and mixed martial arts and those things. Uh, we'll talk about those things with him another time. We were concentrating on hoops today, needless to say. Chris joining us on the AT&T hotline, AT&T 4G LTE with speeds up to 10 times faster than 3G. AT&T, rethink possible. We'll take what? What? Just laughing You're at the laughing, la- at, laughing at the last text. He's right. Or, or, or she's right. Watching on Nesson, any chance Kirk can get out of the... Well, it says fetal position. Yeah, I think the the spelling is a little off, but yes, well, I understand. A different word. Are you in the fetal position? I don't know. I, I I'm not that. Com- I don't physically. I'm not that comfortable. I know what's wrong with me. I'm not that comfortable this morning. You okay? Everything yeah, all, right? all right? I mean, I'm can right. we can we get you something? Can uh, we send no, somebody no, out? It's okay. Uh, I mean, I, I'm focused. I, yeah, physically, I don't know. It's a fair point. The answer is no. I can't. Six one seven 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 nine zero eight fifty toll free eight 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 five two five zero eight fifty Verizon cell phone users. Call it pound W-E-E-I. Gordon Eads will join us after the top of the hour. Talk Red Sox baseball. We're back to the calls with you on the other side. Sports Radio W-E-E-I. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, 
There's joy in every journey.